We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Transformative Principle, Episode 68 with Michael Santos, Part 2. We're going to continue our conversation with former convict Michael Santos and talk about what he thinks we need to do in education to help people change. We're going to learn about his straight-A guide and how people can change their ways even when they have the odds stacked against them. If you'd like to listen to his podcast, go to michaelsantos.com slash podcast, and you can see what he's doing there. It's pretty impressive. I hope you enjoy this. I learned a ton. I know you will also. I want to turn our conversation a little bit to to kids right now and and what we can do for them to help help them and help teachers understand them. Um, one of the things that we, we deal with in education is the school to prison pipeline. We have zero tolerance policies for um, bringing guns and weapons and drugs to school and we, we suspend these kids. There, there's a movement in education right now um, to, to focus on restorative practices and help kids make restitution for the things that they've done. Um, but many schools and districts are still facing this zero tolerance policy where if a kid screws up, that kid is just about done and they're going to have some um, severe consequences that we believe will lead them to to prison time. One of the statistics that people like to throw out, which um, I have not been able to substantiate, is that um, Prisons like to plan their or plan their um, space for beds um, based on what a third grade reading level is in a particular state. 
personally, I think that's a little simplistic for that kind of a thing. But lack of education strongly leads to um, to prison time in our system. What what advice do you have about getting this three pronged approach um, out to schools and teachers and principals so that we can help turn kids around and help them focus on on becoming good human beings that are contributing members of society. So I'll I'll tell you, I think that it's it's extraordinary that you and your colleagues and teachers and and counselors and law enforcement and so many other try to try to come in and deliver a message. Here's the here's the uh, the challenge that I think that each of you face is that the students immediately see you and, re- and tune out your message because you are the authority figure. You are the person who is delivering the message and you are the person they're running from. I want a fast life. I want to have fun. I want to, I want to, I want to drive a car. I want to, I want to be with hot chicks. I want to, you know, I want people to, I want to impress people. I want to scare people. I don't want to see myself as you. I want to be an outlaw, a rebel. Right. I want to do my homework. And so as soon as you start talking, you can see the glazed look come over their face. Yep. Okay. Well, that's a little bit of a challenge. It's a heavy lift to, because it, you, as soon as you open your mouth, I was rejecting your message as a kid. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, is now I'm on the other side of that. Okay. Yeah. I paid the price. I walked 9,500 days through puddles of blood. I saw people stabbed. I emerged, but, but yet I had a vision to come out and it was to put on a suit and tie and have nobody, if anybody, nobody would know I served a day in prison if I didn't tell them. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'd go into schools and jails and places and speak and they look at me and they say, well, you, 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 you were never in jail. You, know, you don't know what it's like. They, they, they'll think I'm a teacher or a lawyer or a probation officer or something. And I, and I laugh and I said, you know, you say that in a manner that you think it's, it's derogatory. You think you're giving me an insult that I'm not hard enough and I couldn't mm-hmm. do it. Okay. But the reality is I was in jail for 26 years and then I can show them visuals and say, here I am once when I was going in. And because my journey is so documented all the way through, I can demonstrate to them, look at the reality is this was a plan for me to come back strong. And it's a plan that I want you to follow for your life. I want to help you understand where the, the consequences are if you continue down this path. And so it's, it's very important to build a bridge for your students so that they can see what's coming. And I hope, I would hope that you have some tools in your, some, some resources in your toolbox, in addition to everything else that you're doing, have a, a resource in your toolbox that will help them see from somebody who's actually followed their path. Let them hear from somebody who's gone through prison. I, I, I would like to, those students to hear from people from every ethnic background and from every racial background and talk about what it was like to live in jail for 10 years, for 15 years, for 20 years. How did it happen? What was the pain? What was it like coming back? And more importantly, what can you as a student do, you, to change your life? 
How, what's the path to get there? Mm -hmm. And it's very important to help them see that there is a different path. If you can help them understand, first of all, what's important to you. In my life, I, I spoke about these value categories. For me, it was education. It was contribution to society. It was building a support network because I had already had the epiphany that I want to be a good citizen. Those children that you're trying to reach, that's the first lift is to get them to see beyond today, where do you want to be in five years? Where do you want to be in 10 years? Have them define their own values and then say, okay, well, how is the, how are the decisions that you are making today consistent with what you want to become and help them in a, in a, in a Socratic method by the request <laughs> come to their own realization. That's, that's the reality. It, you've got to help them in an organic way come to the realization. I don't want to tell you what success is. I want you to tell me. You define it. And that's how generally how I teach through my programs is I, is I do it in an organic way. I ask them, define the values in your life. And if you can do that, then I can reverse engineer a way to help you see what's coming ahead. And uh, that's what I would suggest that your teachers do, is they focus on having the students organically define success. If they can define success, then you can start saying, okay, well, how does this relate to that? And what can we do that will get you there? And that's, that's really where I, and I feel that, that to the extent that, that your colleagues have the possibility to rely on people who've made bad decisions and come back differently, come back and tell the story. Well then, and before I spoke about Thesaeus and the Minotaur, I'll refer back to, to classical literature and talk about Dante uh, trilogy and this, this period before where Dante meets Virgil is gonna be taken through the circles of hell. Mm -hmm. And uh, whole, uh, what was it, Virgil is describing to Dante what the people did to get there. That's where I am, I am Virgil. I've walked through the circles of hell, and now I'm trying to come back to society and help people understand, how can you avoid that? Yeah. So one of the things that, uh, that I really liked, I want to share a quick story with you because um, at my school, we've been working hard on doing some of the things that you just described. We had um, some students that made some bad choices this week, and my assistant principal was talking to them, and he said, you know, when when you have these opportunities, because you're going to have them all the time, you know, I'm not saying that you have to always choose to do this or choose to do that. But what you need to do is you need to find some adult that you want to be like and say to yourself, what would this adult do in this situation? Which is very similar to what you're saying. You define your own values and you say, I'm going to stick to those values. And what do what choice do I make here that will lead me to be the kind of person that I want to be later? And, you know, we don't know if these messages sink in with the kids when we're talking to them. We don't know how much they glaze over. We don't know what they're thinking when we say these things, which is why the questioning is so important. Because then it's not them trying to listen to us. It's them defining for themselves the kind of person that they want to be and the kind of values that they want to have. And that is incredibly powerful for them to be able to do. So I really appreciate you saying that. And I think that is exactly 
exactly the right way to approach it. And the other thing that you said was they they don't listen to us because we're authority figures. And there's so much truth in that. Um, at the same time, I have a hard time justifying saying, hey, can I have all these um, former criminals come and talk to um, people's, you know, 11, 12 and 13 year old children? And that uh, <laughs> that might be a, a hard sell for a lot of parents. I, I can. I can uh, that's why I am so grateful and thrilled to have access to this to this new technology and, and everything is new to me. I mean, I, I've only been free for 18 months, but when I returned to society and I learned what the internet is and I learned, I mean, I used to read about the internet and, and I, and I've educated myself to the, to the best of my ability in understanding technology, but it's like reading about tennis for a long time and then coming out. It doesn't necessarily make you a good tennis player. Right. I, I, it's taken me a while to understand how I could use technology to, to provide that level of service to society, but that's that's this is this platform can change the world with regard to spreading a message. Mm -hmm. And although it makes sense that a that a, an educator may not want to bring a group of criminals into the classroom, they could use resources like we're using right now mm -hmm. and provide webinars and provide in some type of interactive seminar where the the, the educator is is using audio or visual or a combination of audio, visual, and possibly even, even real-time chat where questions are being asked. And, and you, know, you could get an enormous amount of value just using technology that did not exist you know, when I went to prison. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're saying that it's taking you a long time, but, Michael, you've been out for 18 months, and you're... You're really doing a great job, so don't don't feel like you're moving slow. There, it's because I feel a sense of urgency. Right, I really feel that there's a sense of urgency that it's really important to get this message out because our country is being divided into this this division of haves and have-nots to an extent that that is far greater than when I went to prison. And it's, it's really important to let, to try and, and spread this message of, of, of personal empowerment to, these ha to this growing class of have-nots and show them there's a path to a better life. And it doesn't happen by accident. And you've got to be able to, to understand that connection between the decisions that you're making today with regard to the people you associate with, with regard to the choices that you, that you pursue with your free time, with regard to, you know, every decision you make has a, a ramification, and it's very important to help people see that, and, and that's that's where I hope to add some value. Yeah. I, because of my story, because I did that time in prison, I feel almost like I'm Frederick Douglass, this escaped slave is coming back and saying, hey, we can do better. Yeah, absolutely, and and I really do believe that you are, that you're, you're definitely making an impact. Reading your story... Um, Watching the videos on your website um, about your story has been definitely inspiring to me. I've I've always believed that we can do anything that we set our minds to do. And what's fascinating about your story is that it is a story of someone doing something that they're setting their mind to with very real physical obstacles actively working to prevent them from actually doing that and you were still able to do 
the things that you wanted to do um, and and your three-pronged plan for doing that to educate yourself, contribute to society, and build a support network. Those are things, that's what we need to be able to do anything that we want to. No matter what kind of person we want to become, we can do that. And I'm going to... Um, I'm going to use your three-pronged plan to show how you believed that even before you could articulate it with your getting involved in drugs. You educated yourself about the drug market. You contributed to that society. And then you build a support network of people who would do the dirty work for you. And that same plan can be used for good and for evil. And you are successful in doing that. And you did that with drugs early on. And now you are doing it to help prevent people from making the same mistakes you did. And well, let me, let me expand on that a little bit because it's more than, than having a three-pronged plan. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right. It works in any area. And that's one of the, one of the, one of the uh, tenets of, of what I teach. But there's more than a three-pronged plan. Because if I, if I am to ask somebody what their values are, it's, it's very easy to throw out to throw out platitudes about what's important to them. Sure. What's not so easy is to define them. And so the, the, the establishing values in, in, the, in the course that I teach, if I could, if you permit me a little bit of time, I'll tell you sure. what, I'll try and do it in a bullet point way. That's, the, that's like the prereq, okay, to define your values, okay? Right. That's the prereq. Another prereq is then to define whether you're succeeding in each category that you define. So the next the next step after I define, okay, what's it going to take to connect with Jethro Jones? He's going to expect me to educate myself. He's going to expect me to contribute to society. He's going to expect me to build a support network. I have to define success within each of those elements. Mm-hmm. Yep. Success for education for me was to earn a college degree. That became a very clearly defined metric. So I had to define it. The second, what's it going to be to contribute to society? For me, the, the answer I eventually came to say, okay, this is whether I've done it or not, is whether I can publish. I have to transcend these walls and have other people reading my work and feeling as though they're deriving value from it. Third, by educating them about it. Third was support network. What does that mean? It means I needed it for me. It eventually, I answered it by saying, I need to find 10 people that I don't know today who are going to believe in me. Now I've got a very clear path. Oh, that's success. This is success here. This is success here. Now I can reverse engineer my way there. So the course I teach, is called, I call it the straight A guy. Those two, those two elements, values and goals, are the prereqs to get involved in the straight A guy. And it can start whether you're 12 years old or whether you're 25 years old or 50 years old. And you are absolutely right. And that's what I teach understand that your values and your goals are going to lead you to where you want to go. The question is, have you decided where you want to go? Mm -hmm. And if you've done that, then you can embark upon what I call this straight A guide. And there are seven, seven prongs to this straight A guide. And I'm going to do it very quickly. The first A is once you've defined your values and goals is attitude. You got to have the right attitude. And I define the right attitude in my course is a hundred percent commitment to success as you defined success. You gotta, you, you gotta define it. And I gotta make a hundred percent commitment to getting there. If I wanna be a gang leader, awesome. 
make a 100% commitment, and understand what it's going to mean for you. It's going to mean death or life inside of a prison cell. Can you, can you live with that? Is that cool? Because that's reality. You want to be a successful career person. Awesome. Make a 100% commitment to it. Those are your values and goals. Define your values and goals, and it will take you there. Number two, done that, that leads you to your second A. You've got to have an aspiration. You've got to see yourself as being something more than what you are today. If you can do that, if, I, if you can do that, then you can advance to the third A, which is action. You've got to pursue this pursuit of your aspiration in incremental action steps, understanding that every step I take today is going to lead me to a different step tomorrow. The decisions I'm making today are going to be different than I'm going to make next year, but these steps are going to lead me there and open new possibilities and opportunities. And the fourth A of the Straight A Guide is accountability. I don't, just in every area of life, there's going to be an accountability metric, but I want my students to understand the difference, how to define, how to develop my own accountability metrics. What is success with clear timelines? And those timelines are going to determine whether I succeed or whether I fail, whether I need to adjust course. The fifth A of the Strategy Guide is very important. It is awareness. To the, to the extent an individual is on this path of deliberate pursuit of success, they become aware of opportunities they can seize and advance the ball. But simultaneously, the world and the marketplace is going to become aware of them. And so if a, if a student is on this path and he starts choosing this accountability, this, this deliberate approach to success as he defines success, well, then he's going to find a bigger support network. People like Jethro Jones who's going to make a vested interest in helping him and in introducing him and teaching him. And then sixth A of the Straight A Guide is achievement. The individual needs to celebrate every achievement, no matter how small, recognizing that those achievements are going to lead to further opportunities. And the seventh A is appreciation. We, we show our gratitude for the blessings that have come our way, and you keep the cycle moving, and it never ends. It is, it is an ongoing path. I've been on this path for since, since I was so blessed to, to, to learn it. I didn't always call it the straight A guide, but that's how I teach it. So an individual can, can learn it because it's not enough just to say values. You, otherwise, you, you could just be full of happy talk. I have no doubt that you and your colleagues deal with kids and they say, oh, I'm, I'm going to be better. I'm going to be a good kid. I'm not going to do that anymore. But the reality is unless they spend the time as Socrates and Aristotle advised, which is a, a, this period of introspection, and you're looking at your life and what you're doing today and how, where it's going to lead you tomorrow, a lot of our words become very empty, a lot of happy talk. And it's very important to help people see that happy talk doesn't lead you to the, to the person you want to become. Yeah. It's deliberate action I can see there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I recognize that was a bullet list, very brief overview of something very powerful that you've worked very hard on. Um, I appreciate you sharing that with me and my listeners. That is... That's exactly what we want to teach to our students and help them understand and learn because it's so it's so applicable to every situation. If you want a better marriage, you follow that same process and it's possible. And exactly. And it's that's just that's great. So I want to talk to you a little bit about um, 
about your time in prison and something that um, that that I've heard as an educator is that um, people who are criminals have a different belief system, a different mindset, a different way of looking at the world. Do you see that that is the case that, you know, some people are just wired to be criminals? I, I see that people are myopic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a person who, no, I don't know that people want to be criminals. People want a better life, but they don't know how to get there. People want power, but they don't know that it's, the power is, there's a lot of ways to get power. And it's the pen is mightier than the sword. The individual who can learn how to communicate can become infinitely more powerful than the individual who uses violence and weapons. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't see it. And that's a, that is a problem in the criminal world. A lot of times people become deluded in, in what they want in life. And they want immediate gratification rather than a, they have a, a twisted value system a lot of times and they seize upon opportunities not knowing the opportunity cost. And that's the problem with a lot of people in the criminal world, whether they're engaged in crime because of a monetary reason, like selling drugs, or because of a, a um, you know, a, a financial reason, another different type of a reason, such as they want to steal or, or they want to become gangs, they want power over others, they want people, they, they misconstrue the, the, the words fear with respect. They, they think they want people to respect them, but what they really want is people to fear them. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I think the real challenge that the, in the criminal world is that they just lack a perception that there's a better road to happiness, that there's a better road to being a good citizen, to, and they don't, under, they don't grasp it. So it's very important to invest the resources and the energy to try and change that mindset. And that is a very heavy lift in some communities because in some communities, people have a very twisted mindset about what leads to success and fulfillment. When I was teaching at a juvenile hall, for example, I was interacting with a young kid and he said to me, well, what, what can you do for me when I get out of here? And I said, well, what do you want me to do? He said, I, I want you to get me a job. I said, I can absolutely get you a job if you're 100% committed to living as a law-abiding citizen. And he said, but I still want to be a gang member. His, his, his connection is so distorted that you got to invest these hours in just helping him see why the choices he is making is going to lead to a different outcome that he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so how do we, how do we change our system, both in education and in the prison system from being about punishment and, and forcing people to take responsibility to helping people change? Um, where do we start? What, what can we do as educators, especially to, to make that shift? What do we need to be focusing on? to focus on prevention? So the biggest, the biggest, I think, um, mindset shift that I have to take with regard to, and, and I talk about the correctional system. I, I don't know about, I, I, I wouldn't presume to advise you on an education system, but what I believe really works 
much better than punishment is an incentive system, a system that incentivizes a pursuit of excellence. That's what drives success in our country. It's a pursuit of excellence. It is a belief that I can become better. Whenever we're, we're focusing on punishment, we are, we are inflicting a negative value system. We're saying, I am going to look at the past instead of what can become in the future. And I'm a big believer in instilling hope and in helping people see they can become better. And that, that begins, that, that, that is a daily challenge for an educator or for anybody who is in a position of influence is to persuade those who are, who are, you are trying to reach and connect that they can see themselves as something better. They can see themselves enjoying a better life. They can see their, their role in building a better world. And if you can shift that mindset by helping them build that bridge from where they are to where they want to go and help them in an organic way understand how a, a series of bad decisions will lead them to a place they don't want to be and a series of good decisions will lead them to a better place, that's where I focus. Now, I understand it, that there has to be some type of societal response to people who choose a different path. I, I lived in that world for 26 years, and I saw what it does. I saw that when people, are, when people feel as if they've got no control over their own destiny, that nothing is going to matter, they, I think that they, they become less inclined to, to become the people that we want them to become. And we see that, of course, with recidivism rates. 70% uh, right. of the people who we put in prison revert to the same type of behavior that, that, that put them there in the first place. And, and like, it's not only the individual, it, this intergenerational recidivism takes place. And so when we can figure out as a society how to inspire people to see themselves as being the best they can be and we can create these incentives that, that will that will incentivize them to pursue excellence I, I suspect it's, it's it's a heavy lift for, for you and your colleagues and and I don't know how to get away from the punishment aspect of what you have to do all I know is that you if you can if you can invest resources in, in inspiring hope and inspiring a better life, you will see that people want to become better. They just don't know how. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, it's you're you're giving me a lot to think about, and these the impact that I personally have on student weighs heavily on my mind all the time. Because if if I if I do something that makes them hate authority or makes them want to defy authority um i'm i'm helping them along a bad path you know and and that i take that responsibility really seriously and it's it's something that <clears throat> i really work hard to build relationships with kids so that they can see me as someone who wants to help them and not somebody who is just trying to come down on them that that perception however is incredibly difficult to overcome and and maybe i need to change what i'm doing and and focus on inspiring them to to you know 
define their own values and and live up to those and and put my emphasis there and then sometimes you know I've got to do what I've got to do but you know I'm I'm still trying to process all this and and see how I'm going to change as a result of learning from you so here's a here's a suggestion for you to consider and I'll and I'll and I'll refer to a different prison system because a lot of kids feel as though they're in prison right Okay, so let's let's take a look at the Scandinavian system. Are you familiar with the Scandinavian response to criminal behavior? Uh, nope. So they have this system, and I've never been to Norway or Sweden, but I've read about it, and they have this system called the Ombudsman system. The difference in those countries, which has a, a phenomenally lower recidivism rate than we have, is that instead of focusing on the punishment, they focus on what they want to create. So what they have, in addition to a penal system and a judicial system, they have this system called an ombudsman system. And the people who sit on the ombudsman panel are the people that are from the community that the offender is going to return to at the end of the sentence. And so an individual may receive a sentence of 10 years. But at the beginning of that term, the ombudsman panel comes together and they're from the community. And they meet with the offender and they try to and help the offender understand, look, you've been sanctioned to this, but we want you to come back as a good citizen. And maybe we can work together and say, hey, there are these, these areas that we would like for you to achieve, these milestones that we'd like for you to achieve to increase your levels of liberty along the way. How does that sound to the offender? I mean, you don't have to do this. You can do the whole sentence, do the 10 years if you want to. But maybe we can work together, and if you do this, it will demonstrate that you really want to get better. And so now the offender has a role in controlling his own destiny. And so he says, okay, if I do this, then this is going to happen, then this is going to happen, then this is going to happen, and there's this gradual increase of liberty. Well, to modify, and that, of course, works. So instead of doing 10 years, the person can see that first he's got to educate himself, then he's got to learn a trade, then he's got to contribute to society, then he's going, in the, in the process of this, he's developing self-confidence, and he's developing this sense that he's got some control over his life, and he's working towards something instead of running away from something and rebelling, and he can embrace it. And there are, of course, accountability metrics along the way, but wouldn't it, why would it be impossible for an educator to use some similar system? that the students, the other students, are, are part of the, your ombudsman panel. Mm -hmm. And your punishment is inflicted by authority, but you give the individual an opportunity to reconcile. Mm -hmm. Give that individual an opportunity to earn his liberty, earn a better grade, earn his way to something else. And, and then he's got the choice, and you get him to buy into that. And you ask him, do you see the relationship? And then it's your choice. You can, you can fail if you want to. But let's let's see if we can work a way for to, for you to build a ladder that will lead you that will restore your sense of of good citizenship. Mm -hmm. and you can find ways to do that. You can find ways to have the individual vested in his own success. Well, now you're you're incentivizing a pursuit of excellence. Yeah. Yeah, that I like that idea. I think that's that's really great. Um, I, I appreciate your time this morning. Um, I'd like to uh, to wrap up. Um, at the end of each of my interviews, I ask a question. What is one thing that a principal can do starting today 
to become a transformative leader in your mind? Uh, he's got to he's got to take the pursuit that makes society great, and that's pursuing an innovative, disruptive approach to what is not working. If you know that something is not working, you've got to be innovative and say, okay, I'm going to try something entirely new. I live down here in California. I, I returned to prison. I was in the Bay Area, and that's one of the things that I learned in, in society is that those really innovative technology companies, they look at a problem and they figure out a way to do something different to make things happen. When we look at disciplinary systems, we instead focus on what hasn't been working and amplify it. And I think that, that you need to look, you need to look as a, to use the cliche outside of the circle and, and find the sweet spot. What's going to work here? I've got to be innovative. I don't have to do, you know, it's not, if it says, oh God, parents wouldn't want me bringing in a group of criminals in here to educate our students, that, that may be valid, but you've got to be innovative and you've got to find a way to use technology just as you're doing right now and have other people coming in and, and penetrating those classrooms and getting that message across and then using that as a resource to connect with the, the people who need it most. So my suggestion to principals is be a leader, innovate. That's what, that's what makes you an educator. That's what makes Socrates' lesson last 2,500 years after he's dead. Yeah, that's great. Um, how can people get in touch with you, find you, learn more about you? MichaelSantos.com is going to be easy. I've got a new daily podcast that I'm really excited, and I would love for you to become uh, – I'd love to contribute to, 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 to society. And if you find value in what I say, like my page on Facebook, my public page, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn – Connect with me on Twitter. I'm, I'm everywhere. I love the internet. <laughs> That's great. Thank you again so much for your time. It's been an honor for me to, to learn from you today. This is my first podcast. You taught me Ooh. a lot. <laughs> Good. Glad to hear it. Thank you. Thank you so much for downloading and listening to this podcast. Please subscribe in iTunes or Stitcher. And please feel free to give us a rating on Stitcher Radio or on iTunes so that we can help spread the word about how much we're learning in this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.